Hello. Hi. Welcome. I'm Kat. I use they, them pronouns. I'm Sophia. I use she, her pronouns. Have you heard the good news? I am about to give it to you. Yay. I have not I yet do heard believe. it because you haven't said it yet. Um. You, haven't heard, you haven't heard the good news yet. You are about to hear the good news. Yes. You are about to hear the good news. And this good news is about Robert Pattinson, who shocked everyone on the set of Netflix's Devil All the Time with his high-pitched southern accent. Now, I have not seen Devil All the Time. I've seen the trailer for it. And I know it's like a kind of a drama thriller kind of thing. Do you know do you know anything about it, Kat? I do not. I'm just imagining uh, just Lucifer again. It's it's not. All Who's in the cast of it? Um God, what am I look, what am I what am I doing? Oh, Devil All there we go. The cast is obviously Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. It's like Okay, that's okay. I will read the cast to you. And so we have a little background on the film. Um this is IMDB, the IMDB page for this. It has a 7.1 out of 10 rating. Uh, sinister characters coverage around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war background backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality. Listen, I'm going to stop reading summaries from IMDb because they're really bad. Yeah. Well, they're user submitted most of the time. Okay. Well, here's Wikipedia. Okay. Devil All the Time is a 2020 American psychological thriller that examines themes of evil religion and the abuse of power in a in a in rural small town America. It is based on a novel by the same name by Donald Ray Pollock, who also serves as the film's narrator. There we go. Yeah. Reasonable. There we go. Now the cast. Okay. Obviously, Robert Pattinson, but also Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Riley Keogh, Jason Clark, Sebastian Stan, Haley Bennett, Eliza Scalene, Mia Washikowska. Damn, I hope I really didn't fuck that one up. And... As I said before, Robert Pattinson. Now that you're naming the cast, I feel like I have seen a clip of this in which Tom Holland keeps pronouncing the word lie differently because he's just reacting to the way other people are saying it. Like, I, I think this was like a blooper or something, but apparently he was like, lie. And then Robert Pattinson was like, la. And then t- Tom Holland was like, la. <laughs> Or something. See, my thing, I, I don't remember whether or not we've discussed Tom Holland. I just, I know he's a talented actor, but I can will never be able to see him as anyone other than Peter Parker. At the, at the current moment in his career, he has too much of a baby face, and I just can't, I just can't, you know? Yeah. It's like how I can look at Robert Pattinson and not see Edward Cullen, because he's progressed Further than that. Because he's a very good and talented actor. And also he's been on the scene longer than Tom Holland. Yeah, and not to say that Tom Holland isn't a good actor. Like, I think Tom Holland will be able to step away from this eventually. Yes, I But for right now, he 
him him peter him peter him, him baby him, peter <laughs> him child like he, he even though he's he's like two or three years older than me i'm like you're a kid you're a teenager you're a child you're in high school yeah i'm older than you and therefore wiser <laughs> i actually he, no shade to tom holland could not no, be peter b parker no shade to Tom Holland. I we think I'm smarter Tom than him. Holland. What? We have talked at length about how much we both love okay. Tom Holland. He's like, a great guy. I clear. just think I'm smarter than him. <laughs> like Is that mean? No, I, I get the vibe from him that I have more life. Ex- like, he has a, a certain vibe of naivete. Yeah, he just... You know, he's he has... Like, golden retriever energy. Yeah. You know? Anyway, Robert Pattinson. Um, Robert Pattinson had a... This is the beginning of the article from Insider. Let's see if I can see who it's written by. Ah. Boy. Oh boy. The first one I'm going to get. Jason Guerrero. G-U-E-R-R-E-S-A... Sorry. A-S-I-O. Just very quickly, um, in yeah. case there is any weird noises that I can't get rid of in the edit, my cat is sitting directly behind my microphone, holding a chew- a toy in her paws, like sitting on her butt, holding a toy in her paws, and just biting it and wriggling. And it's very oh. cute, but it's also making noise. So I want to meet Miss Ella Fitzgerald. That's the cat's name, by the yes, way. Her name in is Miss Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> In case we haven't already talked about that. We did, because we were talking about celebrity cat names right after I got her. I just ended Right, that that's episode, why I decided so. that we were going to read about Dennis Quaid, because you had just adopted a cat. Nice. Anyway, Robert Pattinson had a special treat for everyone making, for everyone making Netflix's new drama, Devil All the Time, when he showed up on set for his first day of work. Also, quick note, I live right on a hot, like a very busy road, so... There may be car noises in the background. Same. Anyway. Anyway. When he opened his mouth, he had a high-pitched southern drawl that he had been crafting in his room for days and didn't let anyone hear. Not even the movie's director, Antonio Campos. What a power move. That's like a good kind of chaotic actor commitment. You know who I think are two of the most chaotic actors on the Hollywood scene today. Who? Robert Pattinson. Clearly. But I, my thing with Robert Pattinson is I both ironically and completely unironically love the Twilight series. I'm aware of this. I, I read it at a very young and formative formative time in my life and when I first read it I was like this is amazing and then as I got older I was like wait uh uh-uh, uh this is really dumb um but so by the time the last Twilight movie came out I had gone past the phase of liking it and into the phase of this is like this is so bad it could be satire but it's not yeah. And that's currently where I am. And I think Twilight is in a bit of a renaissance these days of old Twilight kids rediscovering it and talking about how ridiculous and silly and fun it is. 
especially with the release of Midnight Sun, which is Twilight as told from Edward's perspective. I have read it. There are multiple scenes in which Edward spends several pages talking about how he can get away with murdering 18 people and a teach 18 children and a teacher in order to kill Bella. It's hysterical. <laughs> it feels like satire. And my so my thing with Robert Pattinson is after Twilight, he was like I don't want to really be in the limelight anymore. So he went and did a ton of indie projects, which is similar to what, um, why am I forgetting his name? Harry Potter. What the hell? Oh, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Thank you. Oh my God. (laughs) My brain just stopped working. Yeah. They both went and did indie films, which I think is a great move for anybody who was in like a really popular and successful franchise. The other actor I'm going to mention is Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. I don't know if you've seen any interviews of him, but the man is unhinged. I've seen a supercut of him and Tom Holland being chaotic together from the Far From Home uh, press tour. The man is unhinged in a way that I just, he's a hurricane in the best possible way. I love that gif of him with a ferret. Yes. Oh, my God. Anyway, but yeah, I think Robert Pattinson has made some really good career choices. If you haven't seen, um, it's either Lighthouse or The Lighthouse. Um, It's Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, and it's just the two of them. I don't want to talk too much about The Lighthouse because we're talking about this, but it's shot in black and white. It's just the two of them, and it is a wild movie, and I highly recommend watching it. Incredible. If I could just anyway. very, very briefly, one more, one more small tangent. Um, have you heard about uh, how Stanley the good Tucci news? and... Yeah, have you heard the good news that Stanley Tucci and... Um, what's his name? Mr. Darcy. Colin Firth are <laughs> in a dramatic gay movie as love interests is it coming out soon i think they like started filming but they have not finished filming because they started filming a long time ago and then you know covid yeah but um i've seen some of the like promotional materials and i did not know that people interestingly both at least straight passing men. Because I recently we rewatched Easy A, which Stanley Tucci is in with a friend of mine, where he pay, plays maybe my favorite dad in TV his, in like movie history. Such a wholesome father, also yes. a ridiculous father. Who told um, you? Oh my god, who told you? Um, yeah, that scene is in reference to the fact that he is an adopted black son. And they're talking about, like, in the movie, they're talking about going through puberty. And they're like, we're all late bloomers in this family. And the kid's like, but I'm adopted. And he's like, oh, my God, who told you? Told you. I need to turn down my mic sensitivity because I am yelling. (laughs) The the editing and the writing in Easy A is is very good. Although some of the jokes did not age as well as I thought they would have. But Mm, I have not seen it since I read... The Scarlet Letter? Yeah, I was going to say The Crucible, but that's wrong. Um, <laughs> in high school. Both, are the, is, that, is that also Nathaniel Hawthorne? No, he didn't I write The Crucible. I don't think so. 
But I think it's also reflective. Like, it wasn't written at the time. It was written later, satirizing the time in a reflection, kind of. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they were both I, that. They use... Both. They throw out the word um, homosexual a lot in, like, a, a way that's supposed to be, like, fun, jokey. But now... In 2020, a decade later, it's just kind of... It's not bad. It's just kind of cringy. It's so weird. It's just a... It's like a little, like, ooh. Yeah. Also, I can't stop thinking about that time that Stanley Tucci got asked on the Graham Norton show, what wine pairs best with ass. (laughs) And um, he couldn't answer, but he has the face of someone who knows. He's just so iconic. And now he's in a gay romance movie with Colin Firth. It's what he deserves. It's what we all deserve. It really is. Anyway, should we talk about Robert Pattinson? Speaking yeah. of gay movies, um, The Lighthouse is just a... It's a little gay. It's a little... It's a little a-gay. Anyway, so... Devil All the Time is now available on Netflix, and I think, as I said earlier, it's based on the 2011 Donald Ray Pollock novel. It is set in southern Ohio and West Virginia after World War II, and looks at a group of people all dealing with their own evil temptations. Woo! Pattinson plays Preston... Oh, God. Teagarden? Teagarden? T-E-A-G-A-R-D-I-N. Tea Garden, I guess. A new preacher in town who has an eye for young girls. Most recently, Lenora. Yikes. Played by Eliza Scalin. Tea Garden's actions eventually lead to a confrontation with Lenora's protective friend, Arvin. What? And played by Tom Holland. What a name. I guess it is like the 1950s, but Arvin is like... Arvin's a name, you know? Like, that's a, that's a decision. <laughs> like, if you were going to name a child now, you'd, Arvin, you'd really have to, like, I'm dedicated to this name. Because it's not Alvin, and it's, not it's just more... Conf- and not Arnold, it's just confusing. It's like Kevin, but wrong. <laughs> It's like Kevin, but you put it through a um, a bingo wheel. <laughs> it's like it sounds like um, it's like if an Arnold and a and a and a Kevin um, fell down the stairs together and they became one person and they were like, "We need a name," it and they picked Arvin, like a neural network generated McElroy brother. <laughs> Uh, yeah 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 it does um so the movie devil all the time also stars um our very own pennywise bill skarsgård which okay um bill skarsgård will never not be the wacky scientist from the thor movies for me no that's the old that's his dad oh wait what I thought they were so. The same. That's Stellan. No, 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 and... no. Oh god, no. this is 
is embarrassing for me. I'm going to cut this out. No, don't. No, don't. Please don't. So Stellan Skarsgård played the wacky scientist in Thor. No, no, no. And he plays one of the dads in Mamma Mia. Mm, Yes, yes, yes. Bill Skarsgård is Stellan Skarsgård's son, mm. and he plays Pennywise. Huh. You know, Which, in my defense, in my defense, there is a lot of makeup involved in Pennywise. It's true. So, like, it could be anyone under there. <laughs> That's true, but Stellan Skarsgård is, like, 60. And? I feel Pennywise requires a lot of, you know, like, movement. I feel like he's a very youthful 60 in terms of not not necessarily the characters he plays, but the level of energy he brings to them. Yeah, that's, you know, that's valid. And they do have the same last name. It's because they're father and son. There's also, they also have another, he also has a brother. Bill Skarsgård has a brother whose name is Alexander. And he played Tarzan in some movie, and that's the last I heard about him. Hmm. Fun facts. Well, no, I was going to make a comment about It too, or It, mm-hmm. both It's, but It Chapter 2, boy oh boy, why not start a movie with a hate crime? Which, yeah. I get it, is how the actual It begins, but the movie version of it, they, like, turned the base up of the, like, the assault and murder of a gay couple in rural Maine, they turned the bass up so loud that when I watched it, not in a theater, because I'm not a fan of horror movies, but watched it in my friend's home months ago, I could, like, feel it in my bones. And I was like, this is unnecessary. This is unnecessary. Yeah, watching the first It movie gave me an anxiety attack and I had to take breaks so I did not watch the second one keep keep it that way like we watched it friends and we watched it because my friend was like it's almost comical how like ridiculous it is and it's true if you watch it and you're like this isn't gonna be scary it's not really scary it's kind of funny and also it's a good movie to yell at you know how sometimes you just want to yell at your tv yeah Anyway, Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I keep watching the babysitter movies while high, and I still haven't figured out if they are poignant satires of the genre or just really bad. I watched, um, I watched, um, drag queens Katya and Trixie Mattel react to the babysitter number, babysitter two. I need to watch this. It's really good. They have a series on YouTube where they watch Netflix shows together, or just yeah, stuff that's on Netflix together. They used to have a, together. a TV show together um, that yeah. my sister anyway. and her girlfriend are obsessed with. Should we? Yeah, watch? let's Should move we continue? on. Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Robert Pattinson. Well, Bill Skarsgård. Um, the movie stars Bill Skarsgård, Riley Keogh, whose name I'm probably butchering, Sebastian Stan, who. How do you feel about Sebastian? I feel positively about Sebastian Stan. I don't know of anything about him except he pretty. Yeah, that's pretty. He, and he played Bucky Barnes, so he's yeah. buff. I think he's not as divisive a Hollywood white man in terms of level of attractiveness as somebody like Adam Driver. <laughs> who 
we keep talking about. I also showed, if you haven't taken the, the two hours out of your life to watch, um, what movie? Hang on. It's going to come to me. We saw it together. Oh, Buck Dead Wild. Don't Die. Dead Don't Die. If you haven't taken the like two hours of time to watch Dead Don't Die and you really want to go on a surreal like trip, <laughs> watch The Dead Don't Die. It stars, let's see, it's got Bill Murray in it, mm-hmm. Adam Driver, mm-hmm. um, Tilda Swinton, yes. Danny Glover, mm-hmm. um, uh, Steve Buscemi. Yes. Um, and um, a bunch of other people, and it is, I don't want to say too much about it. It's a, it's a trip. The movie never does what you expect it to do, even though it seems predictable. I think that's a very good way of describing If you don't like surreal, absurdist comedy slash horror, don't watch it. Although it's not really a horror movie. Yeah. It's gory. I will say. Oh, Selena Gomez is also in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and who's mm-hmm. the guy who plays the, the, the um, gas station dude? He's famous, too. Yeah, he played the the crazy murder brother in Get Out. Yeah. I don't know his name. Me neither. All anyway, I know is he's, Robert he's the other... <laughs> <laughs> well, Sebastian Stan and Jason Clark, they star in it. And who's it? It's directed by Antonio Campos. Um, Campos said that when he had completed an early draft of the script, he had recently become friends with Pattinson who was in New York City making the 2017 movie Good Time. One day, he gave Pattinson the script and said, Who do you want to play? God, great. Uh, Rob said right away, I want to play that that guy, Tiergarten. He seems like he would be fun to play, Campos told Insider. Campos knew Pattinson wouldn't be using his real English accent for the role, but he didn't know how Pattinson would sound. Can I just say? Can I just say? Robert Pattinson is a very lovely sounding man. Just yeah. like when he talks like a person. Um, yeah. Because I remember, I remember Goblet of Fire. Good old, good old Cedric Diggory. I love Cedric Diggory. And my other thing, my other thing, looking, so having rewatched the Twilight series in my adulthood, I really just want to take a second to appreciate that Robert Pattinson plays Edward Cullen like the fucking weird, crazy person that Edward Cullen is. He really understood the character as like, this man, this vampire monster is completely unhinged, but is also like a dumb, horny 17-year-old. And he really played him that way. And that's what I appreciate about him. (laughs) The one thing I respect about the Twilight movies is the fact that nobody needed to go as hard as they did and dedicate, like, the movie, technically speaking, everyone who was working on that movie did a good job, except for the source material. Yeah, pretty much. Half-assed it like a lot of teen movies do these days, but they didn't. They whole ass this movie, even though everybody involved knew that the books were nonsense. Yeah. 
And that's what I appreciate about the Twilight series. It really, really is. The books are trash. The movies are hysterically funny. They're so, they're so funny. I would also just like to say, the movies, the movies did say himbo writes. There are many a himbo in the Twilight series. Jacob Black was a himbo until Stephanie Myers completely ruined him. She was like, you guys all like this character. Let me just completely culturally appropriate an entire group of people and destroy one of the only decent men I've written. Um, go check out the actual, if you want to help, if like you want to know more, go check out the actual Quileute Nation. They are a real tribe, a real group of people in the Pacific Northwest. Um, go look them up. If you want to get involved with like what they're doing, get involved because people have been like using them as like an example of what people can do with indigenous groups since Twilight came out. And it really just, it really just, you know what? It really just grinds my gears. Mm. Anyway, Robert Pattinson. Um, I just, yeah. So apparently as production neared, other actors sent Campos recordings of the voices they were working on with a dialect coach, but Pattinson did not. Uh, Rob was impossible to get dialect coaching, Campos said. He just didn't want to do it. (laughs) He was just adamant about figuring out on his own. And when Campos... Unless you know him and have faith in him, working with him as a director would be very frustrating because he doesn't listen. But if you have faith in him and you get along with him, you know that it's going to be chaotic, but it's going to be good. I mean, the director did hand Robert Pattinson the script and say, who do you want to do? What do you yeah. want to do? No, so I think I feel this like there was, was a really a... good pick, but I'm just imagining like if I were a director and some actor were like, no, I'm not gonna work with a dialect coach. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wing it. I'd be like, <laughs> You're fired. Yeah. Apparently he was almost fired from the set of Twilight because he he was like wanted to make decisions about Edward because he was like, This man is crazy. Can I play him that way? And they were like, No, you have to be like a teen heartthrob. And he was like, Yeah, but he's a stalker. But Edward is is crazy. Oh my god, I have to turn my levels down. I'm so <laughs> very loud. Anyway, um, God, where the hell was I? I scrolled up or down, and now I'm lost. Hold on. My cat is biting my hand. When Campos would inquire about Pattinson's product project progress, the actor would talk in circles. He'd be like. I'm going to do this thing and that thing with a little bit of this, Campos said in his best Pattinson English accent, but Pattinson would never reveal the voice. Finally, it was Pattinson's first day of shooting, a scene where he seduces Lorena in in his car. Spoiler alert. That was the first time I I heard his voice and saw the character in person, Campos said. In the scene, Pattinson speaks softly as he... Oh, I don't like this. As he persuades Lorena to take off her blouse as he prays. Uh, uh, Yike. mm. The the more I hear about this movie, the more I don't want to hear about this movie, you know? Yeah, I feel like I'm now that I've read this article, I feel obligated to watch it. 
Because it does look interesting. Like, I saw the trailer, and I'm like, this looks like it'd be interesting. And one of my roommates also really wants to watch it, so mm. I'll get to it eventually. Um, in other scenes, when he's passionately preaching, his voice gets even higher and more powerful and menacing. It's a performance that is yet another unique turn in Pattinson's ever-evolving career. But through all the time waiting for Pattinson to reveal the voice, was Campos ever concerned he wouldn't like it? I don't get worried about those things, the director said. There is no way in my mind that he wasn't going to come on set, that he was going that he was going to come on set with something bad. I might not have dug it, but it wasn't going to be bad. I'd rather have someone come out with something weird, that's a choice, than something that isn't thought out. So I knew he would come with something interesting. I will say this this digs into what I something that I truly and honestly believe more than anything, and that is that the best movies are collaborations. Because directors really, the the issue that comes up a lot is like people being like, oh, he was a terrible person, but a brilliant director. No, no, because brilliant directors who are terrible people are, um, they want the movie to be what they see. Yeah. They want the movie to be what they see in their head. But the thing is that there's a zillion versions of a movie and the only one you're going to make is one that is some kind of collaboration because it's never going to be exactly what you see in your head unless you play every single character and edit it yourself and score it yourself and wrote the script and like, you know? So if you embrace the collaborative process and have faith in the people that you're working with, you end up with Mm -hmm. something so much better than if you micromanage every single decision. Yep, this is why I have so much more respect for directors like Spike Lee, who is, who has a reputation of being, like, kind of a hard-ass and really wanting things his done, done his way. But unlike someone like Quentin Tarantino, Spike Lee actually does take the time to listen to the actors he's hired. And not only that, he also respects women, because Quentin Tarantino has, if I'm not mistaken, hasn't he, like, choked Uma Thurman? yes. And also there's the whole N-word thing with him where he has like a weird obsession with it. And I'm yeah. not about that. Yeah. I, I, I will love... say though, I will say Inglorious Bastards is a really fun movie because there's, it's never not fun to watch somebody blow up Nazis. True. You know? And so when I'm like, I like one, one Quentin Tarantino movie. And it's Inglorious Bastards. That's the only one. Yeah. Honestly, though, when I want to watch somebody beat up Nazis, I just pull up that one clip from uh, Letterkenny. Uh, I love Letterkenny. That's a show people are... That's a collaborative process. That's a collaborative process. Also, Letterkenny is a show that people are sleeping on and they shouldn't be. It's on Hulu. It's other places as well. Everyone should watch Letterkenny. It's fucking wild um one i was gonna say speaking of wild shall we move on to our florida man replacement after you say oh i was to say i was just gonna say that um letter kenny one of the reasons that it's so good is they have indigenous people on the writing team and also in the cast so they're really playing indigenous people yeah I was really, really impressed. So one of the main characters who is indigenous um, 
she is also white passing and she's talked a lot about how people who don't know she's indigenous will come up to her and be like why are you playing an indigenous character and she's like i grew up on a reservation i'm indigenous i just happen to be light-skinned fuck off it's a very good show yeah also you cannot convince me otherwise wayne is on the spectrum and i love him for it and it's amazing representation because they also i don't know if it's intentional that they do this but that's the way that i've perceived the character and that's the way that my autistic friends who've watched the show are like this man is autistic we love him he's fantastic he's great i love wayne i love daryl i want my friends to throw me a super soft birthday party <laughs> next well, year. everyone watch letter kenny that's your homework your homework for the podcast your homework I for just, this podcast i want to watch wanna, letter kenny um, draw back the curtain for a second uh look at the man behind the curtain and say that we have been recording for 41 minutes it definitely hasn't been 41 minutes of a podcast because there's a lot of nonsense that i'm gonna cut out we started (laughs) recording this in the morning and oh boy we're both very rambly in the morning it's great oh boy we should record every episode like this i honestly um would not totally object to that i like it i want anyway peak silly peak silly i don't know what order you're gonna do things but um so sometimes I'll look for a, for Florida Man, and they really just... Florida Man often draws a very fine line of, like, this is ridiculous and fun and silly, and this is ridiculous, but in a really bad way. Yeah. And when I was looking this week, I was like, mm, all of these are not great. There haven't been very men, many good Florida Man since the beginning of all of this happened there have been a couple one or two but um the best florida man is a spectacle of sorts where someone is genuinely or genuine a spectacle of sorts where someone is generally doing something deliberately that is very ridiculous like trying to steal an entire ham hock by putting it in their pants Exactly. Or that time somebody tried to steal a chainsaw by putting it in their pants. Or the or man who got anyone... lost on a jet ski. Yes. Following a bird. Yes. Like, yes. But those are all things that you have to do around people. And if a Florida man is around people right now, like out in the world doing things, bad. Yep. So it's hard. Yep. So we just kind of, we find just something lighthearted for our Florida Man. I mean, I did just Google Florida Man, and in the last day, there is one. Florida Man sues McDonald's after allegedly chipping his tooth on a McNugget. That's ridiculous. What? Should we talk about, should we talk about that and save the other one for later? (laughs) I mean, I always feel weird when people are suing big corporations, because let's be real, it's going to be the corporation's fault no matter what. Um, uh-huh. But how? How do you chip your tooth on a McNugget? Like Some bad was in that McNugget. Was it frozen? I ha- 
cat the way you know how this works the way I this do works know. is i just is i we just have to read speculate. the headline i, I, I imagine don't... like cuz I oh, this one's even better. This headline from today is even better. Florida man sues McDougal's. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm really, I just, wow, McDougal's. I don't know why it's cracking me up so much, but it really is. From today. Florida man sues McDonald's for alleged McNugget injury. That's a good headline. Alleged McNugget. I know they legally have to say alleged until it's, like, proven. But just the the alleged McNugget injury is so good and ominous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But now I'm scrolling through the rest of the, like, the Florida man news headlines. None of them are good. Mm. Um, None of them are, like, chuckle-worthy, other than the McNugget. Can we do our other bit, but, like, keep it short? Because I'm very afraid of, like, infringing on somebody else's um, ideas. So I would like to talk about this, but I want to... I don't want to, like, read it. I just want to kind of summarize. Yeah, that's fair. If we We can, can so we we can just goof on it. Yes. Okay. So... Instead of our, apart from our brief McDougal's foray into Florida Man, um, there's, and at New York Times, like many newspapers, does an advice column, and this one, which we are going to give, I suppose, the TLDR on. Yeah. Um, I just want to throw out that they, they have multiple advice columns. This one is called Work Friend, and it's all about uh, working, and then, like, particularly now working from home, and, like, kind of uh work office etiquette i've read a couple of them they are all strange (laughs) yes this one starts with so you had a secret baby so good which so basically this this woman in texas has been working from home um anonymous in texas has been working from home and they had a launch of a project that was that got pushed back And apparently she never told her business partner, her remote business partner, that she was pregnant uh, because she didn't want to the date, the launch date to be pushed back any further. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was worried that her part, her business partner would also think she wasn't committed to the project because she had a child, which is that in and of itself is ridiculous. Yeah, I will say Um, um... Just to, I I have also read this one, um, just because we both saw it, Um, and I just want to you sent it to me that they work so they work remotely, and I believe it is my understanding that they're only working like together on this project, so they don't really know each other outside of this project. Mm Mm-hmm. And so she had this baby as well, and so she had this baby, and she just didn't tell him. And since they're working from home, you can obviously hear that there's a baby, but apparently she thinks that he thinks it's a cat. And so she's like, what do I do? Do I tell him? And, like, she's put herself in possibly, the like, one of the worst situations I think a person could be in. This is, um, 
not to spend too much time talking about other podcasts, but if she had written into Mabim Bam, they would have said, pack your bags and move away. That's the, the level of hole that she has dug herself into. As it is, this particular advice columnist, their advice was to gaslight the poor man. <laughs> it's like, my, my favorite thing about this is the, the person goes, I've thought long and hard about this. Your only option is to gaslight this man. And then goes into the, like, the etymology of gaslight and what it means. And then it's like, see? And the details of how this person can pull it off. Yes. Where's the actual, where's the actual line? Because um, I want to find the actual line that this person gives, the this columnist gives. Um, and... Oh, we should say that I... this columnist is Kate... Kate... What is her name? Um, Katie Weaver on Katie the New Weaver. York on the New York Times. Um, oh, I'm running into stupid New York Times firewall again. Um, and for some reason, it's now. Hang on. If I let me pull it up on my phone and see if I can actually get what the what the actual line is. Um, here it is. She's, she writes, after mulling, after mulling, I believe every possible scenario for how you might proceed, I'm afraid the course with the likeliest odds of success is also the most preposterous. You're going to have to gaslight this man. Don't, first of all, don't, don't, don't gaslight do your coworkers. Don't gaslight don't, anyone. It's don't really shitty to be gaslit and manipulative that's kind of yeah just don't gaslight your coworkers. that's that's our advice for the day it's that's our that's our advice for the day don't gaslight your coworkers. also my advice to this woman would just be like i didn't think my personal life was any of your business you know say it nicer than that obviously i would but also be like, just like surprise i had a baby and that's the guy what would I be like, why didn't cat. you tell me? And she'd be like, I didn't. Have you? Okay. Massive. Have you seen Palm Springs? No. Never mind. Okay. Well, so I don't want to spoil the home. I don't, if you've okay. seen it, we'll I wait. don't want to. It's a really, it's a really good movie. If you want to plug your ears, I'll say spoiler alert. Cause Here, I'll take my, to... my earbuds out. Okay. Okay. Massive, wait, massive, no, massive. No, no, no. Wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. I what? have to edit this. Oh shit! <laughs> so I can't not listen. Okay, well if you if you've seen if you've seen Palm Springs and you know the ending, you know where I'm going with this. Perfect. You can extrapolate the data for yourself. Also, watch Palm Springs. It stars Andy Samberg. It's phenomenal. So that's my other piece of homework. Watch Letterkenny and Palm Springs, both available on Hulu. Not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored by Hulu. Hashtag not sponsored by Hulu. Unless Hulu wants to give us money. Um, In which case, Hulu. Honestly, I guess I just DM us on Twitter. Ad free Hulu. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Who's I to no say? Idea. Who's to say? 
Is here the spot we should put in where if we had an ad break, the ad break would go? If you're mm. looking to sponsor a new podcast, please send us Have an you email. heard the good news? Have you heard the good news? Send us an email at hyhtgnpodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter at the same thing. Yes. Or if you have a good news article you would like us to read on the show... Same thing. DM no us on Twitter. Though. No guarantees. DM us on Twitter or send us an email. And if you're looking to sponsor a podcast, do those things as well. Also, leave a five star review for us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how reviewing works on non iTunes podcast things, but yeah. Yeah. Do that. I don't have an iPhone. Um. Share it with your friends. Yes. Your family, who you think it would be appropriate to share with. Yeah, don't show it to my mom. <laughs> my mom's already listened to it. My mom would be upset she, that I said fuck but she's on my, the internet. She's my mom. She's my mom. As you said yesterday, my mom... What did you say about my mom yesterday? I said that your mom texts like my cousins in their 30s and I love her for it. She's great. I love your mom. My mom is very I was thinking about this earlier because I was thinking about your mom's taste in memes and how it is also kind of similar to my cousins in their 30s whereas my mother's my mom, taste I in would... memes is she's not really sure what that word means despite me explaining it to her many times my mom's I'd say top two memes are Emperor Palpatine saying do it and um, Cardi B shouting, coronavirus! Um, I think those are the ones she references the most. My mother is... Doesn't her very she also much. do the hello, Mr. Obama? Yes, she does do that one too. She also, I don't know if you know the Tan France gun meme. Yes! <laughs> I love your mother. On an episode of Queer Eye, Tan France said, make an effort, talking to like, Mostly men, but really everyone, where he was like, listen, people, make an effort. And somebody edited in, like, a fake gun to that screen cap that said make an effort. And my mom has just ran with it. My favorite one of those that I've seen is somebody took out make an effort and just put in eat mayonnaise. And it's... (laughs) Eat mayonnaise. We should have a meme review segment. God, that'd be... Very good. We could get my mom to come on and do a meme review segment. Please. Please. My mom just Sabrina out there memes. Okay. She Um, she would. I love my mom. Anyway. My mother is a wild and chaotic woman and I really love her for it. Don't gaslight your coworkers. Are we ready for a second article? Yeah, you're gonna read it to me. Yeah, we're mixing things up this week because I have a New York Times subscription. Um, I should probably listen. If you'd like to further this podcast, please sponsor us so I can afford subscriptions to news services. Yeah. Um, I have a New York Times subscription because it was a graduation gift from when I graduated college. So that's not a that's bad. Why. You know, that's not a bad graduation gift. Hmm. That's not a bad graduation gift. Oh, it is not. Okay. <clears throat> So our second article, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting all nervous reading my first article on the show. Um, so the, the headline is, when a few thousand strangers RSVP, 
D- don't worry. No uh, social distance guidelines were violated in pursuit of this. So this is an article by Lauren Rowello um, on the New York Times. I was scrolling through New York Times subcategories and I saw that there was a wedding one. This was a while ago. And I was like, yeah, I'd like to hear about weddings. Because why not? And so I got a pop-up when this article was published. Um, Can I just say something? Just something? really quick. Yes, something. about weddings. Oh, you're saying something. I'm saying something. Um, fuck, I love a wedding. I can't wait to, like, get married. And not in the, like, cliche way of, like, I can't wait to get... Kind of in the cliche way of, like, I can't wait to get married. I just... I'm Jewish. If you've never been to a Jewish wedding, you're seriously missing out on just, like, one of the best life experiences. Because if there's one group of people who really know how to throw down at an event, it's the Jews. I have never been to a Jewish wedding. I have, however, well, been... Well, someday you'll, someday you'll get to come to mine. Hell yeah. I've been to a lot of Greek and weddings. And you'll be... You'll be a person... I feel like we've talked about this before, but Greeks and Jews have a lot of cultural similarities, I feel, in the... I also... I was talking to a friend of mine... This is really quick. I was talking to a friend of mine about argument and why Jewish people like arguing so much, and then I realized it's built into, like, the literal core of, like, the Jewish religion, mm-hmm. because there's a series... There's a, a group of texts called the Talmud, which is literally different rabbis over the course of history writing essays about their interpretations of the Torah and then other rabbis responding to those interpretations of those other rabbis and them arguing about it. It's like literally built into the fundamentals of who we are as a people. Hell yes. That Um, and depression. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Greek weddings are fun um, for a lot of reasons. One is... You get a chain of little old ladies. Somebody puts on Greek music, even if it's not like a religious or very Greek ceremony. Somebody will put on Greek music if there are Greek relatives there. And then you will get a chain of little old Greek ladies doing all kinds of complicated step dances. And then all of the people who don't know the step dances desperately trying to keep up as the music goes faster. Um, mm. And yeah, I have a scar on my foot from a little old Greek lady's high heel when I took a step in the wrong direction and she took a step Damn. in the right direction. <laughs> I will say this. You have been to a bar and bat mitzvah. I have. I have been to lots of them. I had a lot of friends in... I had a lot of friends in middle school. You've been to... You went to mine. Yeah. Um, Jewish weddings are like the toned up, more drunk version of a bar and bat mitzvah. Because most of the attendees at a bar bat mitzvah are 13-year-olds. So there's not a lot of drinking happening. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, my mom at, my mother at Greek events, who I love dearly, who I mentioned a couple minutes ago, can't listen to this podcast because she'll be upset that I said the word fuck on the internet. Um, she likes to play a game called Uzo Roulette. Where she fills, a bu- <laughs> she has a line of shot glasses. Some of them are water. Some of them are ouzo. Everybody picks one and drink, like does the shot, and then all of the people who got ouzo move on to the next round. 
My mother. You just has get sometimes... drunker and drunker. Like if it were wa- if all the people who had water moved on, then eventually everyone would have had ouzo. But no. Okay. Um. When a few. Thre- uh. <laughs> Yeah, now you know how I feel. <laughs> when a few thousand strangers RSVP, Jody Ann Morgan. Wait, did you read the headline? You said the is, headline. That is, well, that's the headline, and then I'm getting into the sub headline. Ah, okay. Uh, Jody Ann Morgan and Shia Milchteen. Milchteen? Shia Milchteen. Married in Indonesia. Oh, goodness. Jody Ann Morgan and Shia Milchteen married in Indianapolis at what they called the biggest, queerest wedding of the year. There were no guests present, but an audience from around the world watched online. This is and then there's a picture of them, and they're beautiful, and they're crying, and it's beautiful. Cat, um, this is this is good news. It's also news that will make me cry. Same. It's fun like um, that. I feel like our our listeners. I almost said viewers. I feel like our listeners should know. I am an easy crier. I cry at the drop of a hat. When anything gets even slightly, I am, if I am not between a four and a seven in any direction on the emotional, in the emotional, on the emotional scale, I'm just a wreck. You're valid. Do you want to hear how they met? Because that's the first paragraph. Please. I'm getting ready. Jodi Ann Morgan wasn't expecting to catch a glimpse of her future wife while working as a security guard when the circus was in Brooklyn in February 2016. That's the gayest thing I've ever heard. But the noisy chants of children and wafting concession stand aromas all seemed to pause for a moment as Chaya Milstein walked through the security checkpoint. It was actually Miss Milstein's outfit that grabbed the attention. I don't want to use the word inappropriate, but it was not fashionable for the circus, Miss Morgan said oh through giggles. She described Miss Milchstein's fashion choice, a tight red mini dress with black thigh-high boots, as better suited to a dance club. Miss Milchstein was getting a manicure earlier that day when another patron offered her nail technician a seat for the show, but the tech couldn't attend. Uh, Miss Milchstein, who is raised in a Hasidic... Hasidic, yes, Hasidic. that is correct. Household, before spending her teen years in foster care, missed many chil- many typical American experiences of childhood. She took the ticket to help make up for lost time. Days later, Miss Milchstein posted in a local Facebook group for queer people living in New York City, and Miss Morgan noticed her again. This time she messaged Miss Milchstein to compliment her style. Goodness gracious, how do you do this every week? Um, After a few hiccups trying to connect for a date, they attended a party for a friend of Miss Morgan, and they were comfortable with each other right away. Everyone kept asking me how long we'd been together, and we laughed because it was our first date. Listen, that's cute as hell, but also, who brings somebody to a party with a bunch of their friends as a first date? Yeah, I feel like that's a very U-Haul. I don't know if these two, they I believe both women. Yes. I don't know if they, how U-Haul lesbian they are. Yeah, but I um, just that seems like a lot a big of pressure. Step. Yeah, that's all. That's a lot. Anyway, um, their relationship quickly became serious. Later that year, they hosted a hybrid Christmas and Hanukkah party, posting an open invitation to members of another online group for local LGBTQ plus people. 
I like that the fact I like the fact that um, this article is pro like I don't want to make any assumptions, but I get the vibe that this article was written by a cishet person because of the way they carefully <laughs> dance around uh, using words like queer. And the fact that they put a period after each letter in LGBTQ+. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Which, Just say queer. It's fine. I, as a queer, am giving you permission to just I say queer, please. I, as somebody who is explicitly identifies as queer, you can use the word queer. Um... I also, can I just say something about the word queer? I love it as an identifier, but part of me wishes we could go back to a time when it just meant strange. Because it's a good word. It's like, Tom didn't come home last night. Huh, that's queer. <laughs> Same thing with gay. Yeah. Like, um, I was I was reading a book that, uh, historical fiction, and someone referred to, um... The fall is the gayest time of year. And I was like, yes. Yes, it is. And then I was like, oh, they mean happy. But also. Yeah. But also. Um, I remember I have, you know, you ever get those. Sorry, I'm unlocking my phone. You ever get those uh, memories where you're like, oh, wow, that happened. Huh. That you like had forgotten about. I mm-hmm. was in. So I used to be that kid who wrote who like had saved several different signatures in their email and like uh. would write the longest most buckwild emails or have like a quote about being strange or like normal people scare me kind of deal and i had one mm. where it was basically like the the riverdale i'm weird speech but before riverdale cuz i was in middle yeah. school when you were um, hashtag um, not like other girls. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't not even that. that. You... I was not like other kids. Like I was like, I took it a step further where I was. I was also. Like, I wasn't just not like other girls. I was. I'm like not, not like other kids. I was just like weird, you know. And it had. I guess Have you ever seen just... me without this stupid hat? exactly (laughs) which by the way for a period of time in my life that was me i did wear a hat all the time third grade there was also a period of time where you never didn't wear headphones i don't remember that you it was like a maybe it wasn't that long but i vividly remember always seeing you with headphones around your neck huh huh interesting I don't remember that. And they used to get caught in your hair a lot. Huh. I don't know. Blocked it from my memory. Like this memory that I'm oversharing about. Um, <laughs> but in, so I, I guess for part of this speech, I had copy and pasted just, I went to like thesaurus.com and copy and pasted every single synonym for weird. That is hysterical. I had an email signature, except it was my name, but spelled with a different... It was Sophia is awesome, but it was spelled with a different character. So it was like the dollar sign for the S and the at for the A. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, but but yeah. um, I have this vivid memory that I just kind of remembered recently, like two days ago, of 
one of my friends responding to one of my emails being like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but um, queer means gay. And I was like, what? I called myself gay? I'm not gay. In like a <laughs> panic. <laughs> gay panic. Yeah. But I, I think about that a lot, about how I was like, I'm queer. And then somebody was like, you mean gay? And I was like, no. And now I'm like, I'm queer. And they're like, do, do you mean you're like yeah, weird me too. or quirky? And I'm like, no, I mean, I'm gay. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> my parents always invited a ton of guests for Shabbat and holidays, Miss Milchstein said. My mother instilled in me that there was... There is always room at the table, and we made room. Miss Morgan peeled 30 pounds of potatoes to make latkes for, de- ugh, for, to make latkes for guests they okay. had never met, but welcomed into, into their home. Listen, peeling potatoes for latkes is possibly the most, like, it's, it's, it's a task, but the reward is so good. Also, your mom's latkes are... I would kill people to eat them. Yeah, that's ac- that's accurate. Um, and also, they've been turned into, like, the Hanukkah food. But we eat latkes, like, not we as in, fa- like, me personally, but, like, Jews eat latkes all year round. Because they're a very versatile food. And also, if you're not using a Cuisinart to grate your latke, to grate the potatoes for latkes, what are you doing? You're gonna get a thumb in your latka. Anyway, that's just my personal opinion. That's how I feel about that. I made a lot of hash browns in the beginning of quarantine. And like I made a lot of corned beef hash in the beginning of quarantine. And the day I found the shredder attachment for my mom's food processor was a good day indeed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There is this, we watched this in Hebrew school. There's this video, because one of the things that we would do around Hanukkah is we'd make latkes during Hebrew school. And we watched this video of, like, an old Jewish woman, and she was talking about, she was like, my daughter uses a fancy machine, a Cuisinart or something like that, and she doesn't grate her potatoes by hand, and I think it's cheating. I was like, that's hysterical. But also... The Cuisinart makes things much easier. Food processor, baby. So I I know I already read this sentence, but I just want to emphasize Miss Morgan peeled 30 pounds of potatoes to make latkes for guests they had never met. But welcomed into their home. That's dedication. Yeah, they just, I guess they've just throughout their, their whole relationship been like, let's just post this on the queer message boards and whoever shows up, shows up. Which is admirable, honestly. Yeah. I wish I were... I wish... I wish I were um, social enough that I would... I hung out with people that I haven't hung out with... That I didn't hang out with in high school, you know? Yeah. I feel like I could pull it off, but it would take a very outgoing partner. Mm. Uh, that spring, the pair hosted a Seder for 38 people in their 650-square-foot Brooklyn apartment. Sorry, for th- did you say 38 people? Yes. Okay. So, Seders are a lot of work. Like, more than I think just about any other Jewish holiday. 
apart from maybe Yom Kippur, because traditionally you fast on Yom Kippur, Mm -hmm. um, which starts tonight at sundown. Don't say fun fact for your, well, when we're recording this, it starts tonight at sundown. For all of the goyim out there, when it's Yom Kippur, don't say happy Yom Kippur. It's a solemn holiday. It is not even a holiday. It is a holy day. It is about um, repenting all of the wrongdoings you've done in the previous year. And to do that, you don't eat for the whole day, which for Jews is a very difficult task. I know it sounds like I'm making a lot of generalizations, but I'm correct. I have lived in this community since I was, um, before I was born, really. You're valid. I, so I made a, I just want to, um, say the, the, like, going, like, uh, whatever it is that you just said that was, um, about fasting. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, that resonated with me. Because um, I made a documentary about the intersection between food and Greek culture in high school. Mm. And one of my cousins was like, well, every time we get together with family, we eat. Because family gatherings tend to go on for more than two or three hours. And Greeks can't go that long without eating. Yep. Accurate. Same for Jews. Um, So, yeah. uh, 38 people Seder... In their 650-square-foot Brooklyn apartment. That's so many people. The most we have for satyrs at my house is 12, I think. That's the most we've ever had. And it's a lot of fucking work. Matzo ball soup for 38 people is insane. Also, the advice that every Jewish grandmother gives, if you're feeling sick, have matzo ball soup. If you're Greek, have avgolemino. But you knew, if you're Greek, you already knew that. Um, if you're Jewish, you already knew about matzo ball soup, too. Um, this is becoming very quickly a very niche podcast. <laughs> um, in 2018, the couple moved to Milwaukee. Their new home felt comparatively large, so they crammed a dining crammed in a dining table that easily seats 12. They still live in Milwaukee, where Miss Milchstein, 25, has an eclectic career as a style influencer, writer, and automotive educator. Her website and blog is called Mechanic Shop Femme, where she also writes about plus-size fashion. Uh, Miss Morgan, 33, is a security guard and Doctor Who fanatic. No comment. I can't hear you, sorry. Uh, I said no comment. Ah. Miss Milchstein continues cooking for anyone who shows up to join them, and during the coronavirus quarantine, her warm meals were picked up at their doorstep. I love that. That's so sweet. They've welcomed strangers for holiday gatherings, birthdays, potlucks, and a clothing swap. Sorry, I thought I was going to (laughs) burp. We do this as a form of community building, Miss Morgan said. You'd have people from different backgrounds coming together. There's a lot of pictures. Oh, my goodness. They have, like, beautiful lace-embroidered masks that match their wedding outfits i wish i could look at this stupid article this article's not stupid but new york times is stupid for not letting me look at it um although they share love and hospitality with people they don't know they say they can't do the same with their parents 
My parents are traditional Jamaican people who are very religious, Miss Morgan said. They're just not accepting. She explained that they view her orientation as a phase that will pass when she's ready to marry a man. Mm. Uh, Miss Milchstein said that it's clear how much Miss Morgan's parents love their daughter, so she feels confused by their inability to accept the couple. This is not good news anymore. We'll get back to the good news because we haven't gotten to the wedding yet, but this is a long article. Yeah, New York Times, like the ones from like real reputable, not that the other articles we haven't read have not been from reputable sources, but ones that I've read from the New York Times, like Boston Globe, or they do go on a while. Yeah. Also, can I just say something, just my own personal opinion? Yeah. If you're gonna have kids and you're not prepared to accept if they're queer or disabled or whatever, um, don't have children. Mm-hmm. If you're not prepared to be your to do your job as a parent, which your only job as a parent is to love and support your child. Yeah. Uh, to keep things light, and also because this article is really long, I'm just going to summarize the next couple para- uh, paragraphs, which is basically neither of them are very close with their families because both of their families have reservations about them being queer. Um, uh Miss Milchstein is uh, still visits her grandmother, um, but won't won't attend a wedding, a non-religious wedding ceremony, um, which this was, or I guess outside of the faith. Um, yeah. Hmm. Okay. The couple was engaged in August 2019 after many conversations about marriage. They bought simple rings together and planned to officially make the commitment together during a vacation in Mexico. But Miss Morgan couldn't wait. While the pair was visiting Lake Michigan, she said, can we, you know, you know, do that thing? And proposed. That's That's so so cute. cute. Uh, So they hadn't finalized the details of their wedding. Miss Morgan suggested that they elope in Las Vegas or at the courthouse because she didn't believe anyone would share the day with them. But Miss Milstein knew that even if traditional family and friends wouldn't attend, she wanted their wedding to reflect the way that they had cultivated a community with strangers. She envisioned a big queer wedding in New York. You guys can't see Sophia, but... (laughs) You good? It's coming. No, I'm fine. I'm good. It's but if they're they're keep, yeah, keep going. Um, Miss Morgan expressed a preference for a, a simpler affair, and COVID nineteen seemed to eliminate the possibility of hosting the biggest queerish wedding of the year until the pair decided to go virtual. Uh, they eliminated the in person guest list to zero. <laughs> obliging Miss Morgan's request for intimacy, but also live-streamed the event and invited everyone to the biggest, queerest wedding of the year. Nearly 10,000 people expressed interest or indicated they were going to watch the wedding after it was posted as a public event on Facebook. The pair chose Indianapolis because it's known as the elopement capital of the Midwest, confident in the city's ability to accommodate their micro-wedding, and then turned again on 
turned again to online queer communities to find vendors and officiant in a, ven a, a venue. The couple were married August 29th in the private backyard of an Airbnb overlooking a wooded area on the White River at the edge of the city. A slideshow of pictures welcomed guests from around the world who waited 15 minutes for the ceremony to begin because of technical difficulties. Alice Quinn, a universal life minister, gathered with the brides at a large tree stump that helped them maintain social distancing and acted as a space to lay bouquets, rings, and written vows for a quick access during the ceremony. About uh, 1,600 viewers shared blessings and gratitude in the comment section of the live feed. Ms. Milstein's vows included, Today is our ultimate compromise, a wedding with no one and yet everybody present. <laughs> the public event offered a way for family members who are less supportive to tune in to the live stream without compromising their values or announcing their RSVP. Um... Um, I know my parents know what I'm up to, she said. They have the opportunity to watch if they want to. Miss Milchine, who is not in contact with her parents, did speak with her grandmother after the wedding. She said to me in Russian that she even began to cry, that she almost shed a tear. It doesn't translate perfectly. She said that we looked beautiful. Mm. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like very close to it. As a style influencer, Miss Milchine had a simple dress in mind before her partner threw a wrench in her plans. Miss Morgan said, I'm very much a button-down shirt and slacks kind of person, male fit and clothes, and that's how I feel comfortable. But after trying on a wedding dress Miss Milchine saved from a previous photo shoot, Miss Morgan announced, I'll just wear this. Miss Morgan eventually chose a glamorous white ball gown with lace sleeves paired with a sparkling belt from the... Lingy London Company. This black-owned business also supplied her with a shiny tiara. It's a special day, she said. I wanted to try something new. Oh. Um, it goes into a lot of details about... I'm looking at the pictures of about... their wedding. I'm looking at the pictures from their wedding, and it's so cute. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. I'm gonna, I'm gonna skim, because it, it talks a lot about what they're wearing, and it's very, very cute, but it's very, very long. Um... Uh, after vows were exchanged, the couple cut a small cake and watched videos recorded by loved ones for them. The first message came from a friend who was once a stranger who entered their living room, and they were touched by the mention of their important role in the community. Um, the couple eventually registered for gifts after supporters continued to ask for the link to a registry. Their apartment is now littered with stacks of boxes, boxes from senders as far away as Australia. Oh Ms. my god. Miss <laughs> Milchstein mm. is excited for cookware and a spice rack. She explained, I've never had good quality dishes that match. It's a dream kitchen. Um... I'm going to skim some more. It talks a lot about the gifts. A lot of people from all over the world gave them really nice personal gifts, which is... <sighs> I'm emotional. Um, uh, 
Oh, so Miss Morgan is really into Doctor Who, and Miss Milchstein secretly included a line from a quote from the show in the ceremony, and they got uh, memorabilia that kind of referenced this. And the quote was, "Hold hands. That's what you're meant to do. Keep doing that, and don't let go. That's the secret." <sighs> Y'all, <laughs> that's so cute. They had a traditional. They had um, traditional Jamaican dishes which they shared with others, including homeless people and random passersby. Iconic. So very good. Mitch Milstein, this is kind of the end. Um, Mitch Milstein noted that 2020 could have gone differently for the couple. She lost her job in April and Miss Morgan's industry had been suffering. They explained that their giving and hospitable nature comes from gratitude and the support they've received in the past. If I can share what I love with other people and in the process create lifelong relationships, that's a gift to me. When reflecting on the importance of online communities, she said, These queer spaces have given me so much, but they also gave me her. She wouldn't have found me if I wasn't if it if there wasn't this space where I could share about myself. Mm. Y'all <laughs> Love is real. This is... I know we normally read very silly and goofy articles. This one's just sweet. Yeah. I, just, I can't make... I, like, I can't make... I can't make jokes about it. It's too cute. Should we read something sillier instead? <laughs> no, I mean, we just spent a lot of time... We could end with something silly. Yeah. I just, um... I gonna say I love the internet I love queer communities on the internet yeah it's about the found family it's about the found family this was very cute shall we end with something a little silly yes please runaway porta potty seen rolling down route 66 <laughs> sorry Incredible. just the juxtaposition <laughs> It's the juxtaposition of it. The emotional um, whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My audio for this is going to be so loud because I'm it's like so off the charts because I'm laughing so loud. Um, yeah, it's really about the juxtaposition. Um, yeah. Anyway, I feel like that's it. You've, you've now heard the you've good news. You've definitely heard the good news. You've heard um, some, I don't know if you've heard the tears shed, but tears were shed. I don't know um, how many more articles that we will read that are this, like, Emotionally poignant. Emotionally poignant and very, very sweet. Um, but yeah, I feel like a good place to end is with um, Runaway porta potty scene rolling down Route 66. So, in summary, um, what was the first article today? Oh, Robert Pattinson is wild. Robert Pattinson is wild. Tom Holland is baby. Tom Holland is baby. Don't gaslight your coworkers. Don't gaslight your coworkers or anyone. Watch or anyone. Watch Letterkenny Watch and Letter the Lighthouse. Um, what was the other thing? The Lighthouse. Oh no, the dead don't die. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um. We should have a running list of, like, movie and media recommendations. And, um, there was a really big queer wedding. and Very big, very big gay wedding, very sweet. 
there's few things that warm my heart more than live streamed gay weddings because there's been a couple of them that I've heard about where it's basically like queers online should be able to attend weddings so here we go yeah Um, yeah and yeah and to um, really just summarize most of the year I feel runaway porta potty scene rolling down route 66 just feel like that's I love I love the phrase runaway porta potty because Mm -hmm. the the implications of the phrase runaway porta potty is that the porta potty is running which (laughs) they don't have legs I'm just there's a video of it though like one of them houses on legs from the old Russian (laughs) stories what's it called what are they called what what is the story of the woman Baba Yaga Baba Yaga Baba Yaga Um, but it's a porta potty shout out to my other dungeon master um Basil who um wrote the Baba Yaga into our story except named three witches who were sisters Yagma, Wagma, Zagma, and Zagma. Incredible. Just a quick appreciation for both you, my DM, and Ooh. Basil, my other DM. Just a quick appreciation for you. But yes, Runaway Porta Potty. Um, this is from Huffington Post. And um, if you so choose, there is a video of it. I will the check that line. out on my own time. I think for the, the integrity. Of this kind of segment, we will have. I have to picture it in my mind and react to that, just like the Florida man jet ski. I think every day about the Florida man jet ski. Um, just as a note, this episode is probably going to end up being like fifty minutes ish, um, but we've been recording for an hour and a half. <laughs> oh my god, we have because of the chaos oh, and cow. tangents of this episode. Yeah, we went to a lot of places. Uh, yeah, so the good news was Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, Letterkenny. Mostly Robert, mostly Robert don't, Pattinson. Don't gaslight your coworkers and big queer, big queer wedding and runaway porta potty. So I believe that I guess is you've heard the it. good. You've heard the good news. Talk to you it's next the week. The good news you have heard. Talk to you next week. Love you. Goodbye, bye. Cat.